surely not analysis or actual reflection, accounts for an excuse based simply on a woman's sex and not on what she does or is capable of doing. Welcome to Man Unmade, a podcast normalizing the authority and power of women's voices in a man's ear. We need women in politics because women are in life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've made the brave decision to stick around with us for episode two, here we are. And you're in for a treat because it's time for the second half of my conversation with Kelly Harp. That's right. Did you really think one episode would be enough for the most important person in my life? If you haven't listened to the first part, you probably should. Or not. We're just happy to have you here. Buckle up, friends. Let's dive back in. Okay, so I, I would like to then move forward to more present time um, okay. because what we've just gone through is uh, painful to talk about. It's uh, painful to to bring up. It's probably painful for some people to hear because they might even be living in that now. Um, the good news is um, is that you, if you talk about it and you recognize that uh, there are things that you're doing that are wrong and you were that maybe some of the ways you were brought up in are not correct and you're honest about that, that you can move past that. That's the good news. And you can actually- Which is everybody, right? Like we're all shit. I mean, don't we all want to learn and grow? Don't we all want to evolve, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So so the good news, and I'd just like to say, is that we have. And and the reason is a lot of it uh, is because you have pushed me into a more authentic place time and time again. And um, you have, you accept nothing but authentic and real. And, you know, that can get annoying at times because, <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I just want to, I don't want to be authentic right now. I don't want to be, I don't want to get so deep. I just want, let's just be, you know, make it, you know, or whatever. Buddy and uh, you're elf. like, yeah, <laughs> buddy the elf. And you're like, no, we need to like, this is not okay. You're not, you know, we need to deal with this. And I'm so better for it. Um, and so there are brighter days ahead for people if they are looking at their life going, wow, that sounds like a lot of what I'm in right now. Or maybe I'm coming out of that, but I'm not like fully out of that. And there is hope, you, you know, and not that we've arrived anywhere except just where we are right now. And I will say that that's miles beyond where we started. Agreed? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, um, and so that that is that is a good thing. Um, okay, so moving on now, I would like to talk about the fact that there was a turning point in our marriage and it's happened. And like I said, you know, I think it happened, it started happening in Houston, but then we came here to Waco and the TV thing, pressures and all that. We've just talked about that. I reverted back, you know, to some of those like old ways of thinking and, and whatnot. And like you said, we both did in our own ways because we're, we're feeling yeah. out of control and we need to find yeah. security, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think we've come out of that a great deal. We now find ourselves in a totally different life, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just like to talk about that with you. Um, you know, we're, we're, gosh, we're anything but perfect. We are so much closer though now to an actual partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks in so much in large part to you. Um, 
uh, we are, um, and I'm not just saying that. I really, I, I, I really mean that. And we are, we are a partnership um, now, and we have been for years, which is really great. And it's, it's the funny thing is, it's, it's there's so much more freedom in it, right? Like when you get to yeah. that, it's like you're cheering for the other person, the other person's cheering for you. You know, we're all in this together. We're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out as opposed to, well, I got to do this and how do I get them to bend to my will? That's a yeah. horrible place to live in, you know? So now we live in this way and it's awesome. Oh my gosh, it's so freeing. And um, you have taken that and you are now um, getting your master's in psychology, which is mm -hmm. amazing. You're a mom of three kids. Um, you are uh, an owner in Harp Design Co., our business. Um, you um, are also uh, now a student and yeah. uh, a high-level student. You're getting your master's degree. Um, you um, also are an activist. Um, uh, you know, taking, I, don't know. I don't know what the definition of activist is, but... You're actively pursuing change. That's what... <laughs> okay, okay. And and um and you're doing it in a public setting, um and I know that it means a lot to a lot of people, but I I know that you definitely don't see yourself in, you know, how do we say this? Like there there are people out there that you would say, oh my gosh, there's people out there that are doing so much more or etc. You know, whatever, blah blah blah, you know. But but no doubt you are taking the time that you can and the effort because it means something to you to like to speak out, but you're doing it all as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> True. Thank you. Yes. And so, what does that look like? I mean, you're a, you're a woman getting you know her master's in psychology at 42. Um, 41. Right? Oh yeah. Wait. Yeah. I just turned 43. Yeah. So you're 41. You'll be 42 in January. That's right. Um, and um, you know, and I travel now doing the show. Mm -hmm. We've we've been able to manage it the whole thing. So far, we we do like your your method of <laughs> we just which is good. I think we just go. It's going to be fine, and then we just make it fine. We yeah. So, do you as you're getting your degree, mm -hmm. do old like mindsets of like. I mean, you're a woman and you're getting a master's. I'm just saying, you know, like, is, does it ever yeah. hit you? Is it ever like, do you feel guilt about that because you're a mom and you're spending time getting, like, I think you would have a long time ago, but now yeah. I think we're just so much farther along, you know, and we find ourselves telling our kids like, oh, mom, don't, I want you to put me in bed tonight. You have class. Don't go, you know, and we're like, no, no, no. Nope, mom yeah. is going to get her master's. Yeah. <laughs> we are supportive of mom. Go yeah. mom. We, you know, like, this is great. Um, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't, I really don't feel bad about it. Um, which is great and growth mindset, I think. And I think that you've been so supportive and that's really helpful. And you do tell the kids, like when I have to go up for my class at night, you know, you're like, nope, we're happy. You know, <laughs> I mean, I hug them and we take the time if we need to, for sure. But right. Right. overarching, I think you really are intentional and make sure that they see you as really supportive. And it's very, in one way, like I feel really great about it because I feel like I'm modeling for our kids, son and daughters, Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, if you want to go back to school, you just do it, you know, like that's what you do. You just do it. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I'm really glad for that. And then sometimes like they'll even see me like studying or whatever. They'll ask me what grade I got on my test or whatever, my paper. So that's really cute. And I feel like it normalizes their life. Like during the, when we were in shutdown and we were all at home doing work, that was like kind of interesting. Cause like I was doing schoolwork too, you know? So that was kind of cool. And I can kind of, you know, Hudson and I even will sometimes talk about like just like being in class or cause he was on zoom class too. Well, mm-hmm. Mine's all online anyway. So, you know, and we would like tell stories about being in zoom class, you know, which is just funny. And it was great. Cause it's not always right. easy to find ways to connect with 13 year old boys, you know, yeah. and that was like a great way, you know, and funny. And, um, and I'm glad, yeah, I'm really glad for them to see that. Um, yeah. and to know that, Hey, you just, yeah, when you want something, you just do it and you, you do the hard work to make it happen. And, and also when your partner wants something, you do the hard work to support them to, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just what families do. And so I'm really glad for that. I do sometimes get caught up in like regretting that I didn't do this or something. Uh, I mean, I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. I don't know why it's taken me so long, you know, and I do regret that sometimes. Um, and you had been twice before. Yeah, yeah I've tried several things, yeah, which is yeah. great. But yeah. Um, yeah, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I really mourned. I told you this. I really mourned. I was like, oh, the little girl in me that wanted to go to law school and be like Sandra Day O'Connor. And, uh, you know, um, I just, I think I already am, you know, me, like I can turn anything into an existential question about life. <laughs> so it's already going to have a hard time, like choosing a career exactly but I think the turmoil in my family at the time just made it to where I really just didn't have much support. I mean, my mom was giving me all the support she could. Um, and I just, I didn't have other family support, you know, yeah. because of the nature of our relationships. And I think they would have talked to me about stuff, but I think we just all had fragile, awkward relationships anyway. So, and they really didn't know me very well, who I really was. Mm. So they really probably wouldn't, have known what to say anyway. Um, so I do, I am, yeah, sad about that. Um, and I love uh, therapy. I'm such a believer in it. So it's great. But part of me wants to be in like, just because of all of this, like in a field that's not so women dominated, because I think I see mm-hmm. how important that is to you, but it's fine. I, I love therapy and I really believe in it. And I think the more the program I'm in is great too, because it's more inclusive and like we in my class the other day, we were talking about curanderos. I think I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but they're like even like um, just the way that even like indigenous cultures dealt with mental health. Like that's there. That's like a whole system. Curandismo. That's like the Anglo way of saying it. Mm-hmm. But um, within Latin America, of like you know, um, there's a lot. Some that is like a whole spectrum. But um, there's just a lot of recognition of how people dealt with mental illness in lots of different ways and what you can take that's good from that or how you can support that or mm-hmm. just whatever. And there's such a huge push. Well, in my program anyway, um, within psychology, I'm sure there's some that aren't, but about social justice. And so that fits mm-hmm. so well. And just the huge importance of, of us understanding this as a culture. And so anyway. Well, I love that you're doing it. Um, and I have said this before that I think it's worked out so perfectly because 
you know, here you are at 41 and getting your master's and yet you already come in with a master's level of knowledge. <laughs> you know, well, what I, what I mean, well, what I mean is you have read so many books and you've been through so many life experiences and you haven't avoided them. You've actually, you, yeah, you've actually, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I appreciate it. You've jumped in and dealt with the stuff, the shit yeah. that comes along with yeah. life. And you've actually like, you know, talked about it, dealt with it and not avoided it. And so because of that, you have all these experiences. The, the analogy that I like to say is, you know, if you learn something at 20, you don't really necessarily have something to go, oh, that, you know, that uh, diagnosis or that whatever that they're talking about in psychology, that reminds mm -hmm. me of this. Because you're 20, you haven't been through anything yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You've been through some stuff. Obviously, you did at 15 and, and you know, and, and et cetera, you know, whatever, when your you know, parents divorced and all that. But my point is, though, when you're 40, you're hearing all that stuff and you have 40 years of life and you're able to go, oh, you know what? That diagnosis or that technique or that whatever in psychology sounds like this moment in my life or that sounds like this. So you're drawing, you're able to like draw from a wealth of experience. Yeah. Well, that is true. And I, I do think like, um, I was just saying, we just watched Hillbilly Elegy, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And um, one really of the themes- hard for me to watch. <laughs> Yeah. I've just Another walked anyways, go ahead. this morning with Kristen Richardson, as you know, and I told her we watched that. I was like, I think it might have traumatized Clint. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so. Another, another, but, another podcast. But it was good. It was good in general, but okay. I know yeah. what I mean. Mm -hmm. Anyway, one of the themes of that is a non-traditional student because he's in Yale Law School. So I was talking to her about it because she's in higher ed, mm -hmm. she and Ryan. And so anyway, I, I am a non-traditional student too. And I think that the future is a lot of non-traditional students. And actually yes. think, even though I'm really thankful for my college experience and yours, I mean, ours are tied together and it was like really mm -hmm. great for then, but I really think the future of education is really different. And I think normalizing people going to school at different times in life. And I, I think in my opinion, we really need to open that up um, and make it accessible for a lot of people. But because I think it brings a lot to our society and I'm like, come on, if somebody's willing to balance going to school, like we, right. need, to, we need to like, nobody is like, oh, that'll be fun. You know, it's like, it, no matter what your life is, it's hard to, to squeeze it in. Of course, right. I have a lot of, privileges that make it a lot easier than a lot of people. And I want to recognize that, but I just think, I think accessibility is really important there. But again, like this is part of why I love this. My program is like, we're always talking about accessibility, you mm -hmm. know, like in lots of different things. It, it, a lot of the things that I've been learning mix in with psychology. And I, I'm really thankful. It's really important what you're saying, because I think there's this general thought of, and especially for women um, is like, if you don't make that decision at 20, yeah. Or 21, then you've missed the boat and that's right. it. Well, and you know what? I would say that's tied into religiosity too, our religious yes. because yeah. mm -hmm. when you're taught from your religious perspective that the point is just to be good and you just, mm -hmm. you learn that as a young child and then you just follow it. Same thing all the time. There's not a lot, that's not really a growth mindset, you know? And I think that's kind of how we were taught with, again, it's not like boogeyman telling you that people aren't mm -hmm. thinking about that, but, you know, and so then therefore also yours, that makes you, that literally makes you resistant to change because yeah. if you change that you're admitting that something you've done in your past is wrong, which is like basically against your religion. Yeah. So I think, you know, 
shout out to church leaders that are promoting growth growth mindsets. That's awesome. So I'm going to transition in, into this and then we'll wrap it up. But this is too fun. I'm loving it. Four hours um, later. I know. I think it's fantastic. You just have so many great things to say. Oh, thank um, you. Like I said, you're very well read. And, well, um, that's because you, you don't like to read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading a lot because I read with our kids. Um, I, I have read so many books you now. Are, because, you're like the best. Well, you know, no, I, at night, I'm like, <laughs> no, can't do I've, it. I've read through the Chronicles of Narnia for a second time. Um, and uh, well, actually, I remember the first time I didn't read The Last Battle. But then this time with Han, I couldn't wait to get to that one because I hadn't read it yet. Yeah. And uh, now I'm reading um, The Hobbit with her and uh, the Harry Potter se uh, series with Camille yes. and Huffington Russell. Um, um, but <laughs> we were on like Zoom or something with some family the other day and they were like, do you like to read? And Hudson was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But no, for real, you really are very well read. You've read um, a lot of books um about the holocaust you've um read um, a lot of books that pertain to political structures um in other countries and um the patriarchy and dealing with your emotions etc cetera, etc cetera. obviously we're in 2020 politics has been a big deal you yeah, yeah what um you've been very outspoken about that um i'm going to ask a general question and then let you take it away um, we're big fans of The Crown. We love The Crown on Netflix. Um, it was so interesting to watch their take on um, uh, the Queen and Margaret Thatcher. Oh man! Oh yeah! Wow, boy, was that that yeah. was I didn't. That was very interesting. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I don't know enough about history to know kind of just all that was going on in that time, obviously. And wow, I was really blown away. Um, why do we need women in politics? Mm, you know the name that just came to my head? Mm -hmm. Pat Miller. Yeah. Pat, Pat Miller, Miller is why we need women in politics. Um, that's our local county commissioner. And oh my gosh, you, she needs to be on the podcast. She's, yeah. Mm. I don't want to tell her story because she, she needs to tell her story. But anyway, um, we need women in politics because women are in life. <laughs> <laughs> So that's an okay. easy. Well, thanks so much for coming yeah, in. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, like if, if somebody is struggling with that, I, I want to have compassion for you because I was at a point where I was struggling too. And I remember uh, when Barack Obama was um, running for the second time, I remember we had some family that said, like, well, Hudson, first of all, his all he was all about Hillary Clinton, like yes, yes. out of the gate oh, before we ever even said anything. He was like, clearly yes. Hillary Clinton needs to win this. She knows all the I mean it was yes. bizarre almost yeah. how much he, you're like, I mean you're right, but wow, how did you figure all that out? Yeah. Then he was such a fan of President Obama, of course. And um mm. anyway, he was very vocal about that. And with some family they were like now you don't vote for someone just because of their color of their skin, you know? And I just, it's just an example of, you know, family sticky, but, um, but I, you know, you and I were like, uh, you know, like absorbed that. And then later we're talking about it. We are like, no, actually we are voting for him because of the color of skin. And I mean, mm -hmm. we would have voted for more him. More than no that. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure, yeah. More than that. But 
also because representation of that matters. Representation yeah. matters. Yeah. And I think a great thing about 2020 is we're in a place where we hopefully more of us see that even more and that mm -hmm. it's okay to say that. I feel like I, I am more vocal about that and found my voice with that too. And yes. um, in other words, and, like they're like um, these black women over here or these black men over here, maybe I don't agree with everything that they had to say, but you know what? I, I, we need them in Congress. Right. Right. And I'm not saying like, look for every, you know, like don't do any research, just only vote for one kind of person. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying representation matters. And yeah. we have just got to evolve y'all. And like, we've yeah. also got to stop taking everything personally. And man, that is being said by someone who struggles with that so much, but like, yeah, We've got to look at power dynamics. We've got to get over ourselves. You know, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, how can we make decisions that are good for everybody when everyone's not represented? Like, that right. doesn't even make any sense. And obviously, we would all agree with that. Right. Now we've got to move in that direction. And that's why I said, you, you know, you can't, of course, every election that you're a part of, you've got to look at all the candidates. That's a smart mm -hmm. thing to do. But like we need to lift up and and represent voices that are not represented. And, um, you know, I even told you since you asked me about like women and politics about listen, I just listened to um, Hillary Clinton's interview yes. with Dak Shepard on um, Armchair Expert and right, Monica. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so good for me. And of course, I was supportive of her for sure. But I had some of those same you know, criticisms of like, she's just not that likable. She's like a career politician, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then listening to her, I do think she's a little bit more open now than mm -hmm. she was when she was running. And so, you know, uh, but I just, but then it's like, uh, can you blame her? Like for not being right. open when what ha she like, you know, a what major she had to fight through yeah. is being completely blamed for her husband's indiscretions and then for staying with him, which was completely the message we got. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we would have been able to do right. if that happened to us. And then not only that, but as when she finally gets to her moment to be on the debate stage, the other side who I will not even dignify with saying their name mm -hmm. invited all of those women that had had situations yes. with her husband with years her ago. Husband. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even have anything to do with her. Right. <laughs> that is what Just we do to absurd. women. You know, like when we right. want to ask the question, what do we, what do you mean, patriarchy? What do we do? We accept exactly. that. We accepted that as a nation. Right. Like, right. What the hell? And then we want to act like we don't have a problem. You know, and yeah. when I say we, that's also why I think it's important to say we. We we have mm -hmm. a problem. I'm a mm -hmm. part of that, you know. I have to ask myself, why was I not, you know, throwing even more of a fit maybe when that happened. You know, what are we accepting and allowing? Yes. yes. So anyway. Well, I, 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 going, I going, but no, it's it's just so important. And I think that um, you know, some people will hear this and things that we're saying and they'll automatically think, you know, liberal, Democrat, whatever, yeah. and all these things. And at the end of the day, I think what's so interesting about it, and there's more and more people like us, I think, you know, we're becoming more and more like other people, I think. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're not, not the really standard. In political, but, like, um, labels. It doesn't no, matter. No, no. We're just yeah. asking for representation um, because it just, 
it just matters. And yes. um, even if you don't uh, agree, in fact, I saw um, the other day on Twitter where Ilan Omar, I think, um, President Which, Obama, I he, he, I, yeah, well, yeah. let me. <laughs> so, President Obama, he said something about, um, what was it? Y'all might help me if you heard about this, but he said something about the whole, um, you know, our issue with the injustice and the police world, you know, and, and the yeah, police brutality and whatnot. And he, oh, he said something like, you lose people with slogans like defund the police. President Obama said that? President Obama said that, like, you know, whatever. Now, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of President Obama and I'm not, I'm just saying that, like, he, there was some tweet or something he wrote or something like that. You have to look it up. My point in that is not necessarily what he said. My point is the fact that Ilan Omar and other, you know, AOC, whoever it might be, I didn't see her, but I'm sure she, you know, had thoughts on it, but other people said, no. President mm -hmm. Obama, it's not a slogan and it does matter. And this is why we're saying, you know, like they stood up and they're a fan of, you know, like they're Democrats, like whatever, yeah. you know. And, and it's like their rock star, you know, of their party, not their rock star, but just, yeah, they're giving criticism to yes. people who they love. And I think that is a not being registered as a Republican or a Democrat. That's something that I see as a. Yes is a tension, like the Republicans tend to, um, I mean, have so much allegiance, like mm -hmm. you're seeing what's happening in, in, in um, Georgia, your home state right now, where it's like, right, right. what do we do, guys? Like Trump is, is calling now Brian Kemp, who is one of his most ardent supporters and like a conservative among conservatives, mm -hmm. like serious mm -hmm. conservatives. And Trump has, has, turned on him and it's like people even though we all know that he lost the election really like the even even republicans within the party like don't know what to do you know like senate yeah. leaders and i just don't want to name everyone's names but you know or even the two two people running conservatives running for congress congress in georgia mm -hmm. won't say wait a minute like right this is not okay. There's that's the level of group mentality in that yes. party. So let's just look at that for the good and the bad within that. And then we look at the Democrats and the good and the bad within, I mean, we will give anybody criticism, you know? Yeah. And that's, it's and like, I just want to point out that it was women. It was women. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm not used to seeing, I, I haven't. The party, you know? Yeah. And yes. And I haven't seen anybody, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, kind of step up to President Obama and, and be like, you know, hey, whoa, Jack, right. you know, like that, well, you know, or a, or any in any kind of political leadership dynamic. It's a leadership dynamic. Yes. Like when, when you look at one party, you see a very a pyramid where it's like one person mm -hmm. at the top. We all do what that person at the top is doing. And now that's why it's kind of crumbling because it's like, who's your person, Brian Kemp or Trump? You know, who are you going to yeah. have as a leader? And then over here, you have more a flat leadership style or or the model of that or the desire yes. for that. And so it's yeah. like anybody can give anybody criticism and people are happy to, not happy to, but it's more likely that someone will be like, hey, you know, like, you know. Like, right. And, and that's, that's exactly no. what, I, that's exactly what I'm trying to say is, is that like these women, they're the ones standing up that's who I'm seeing retweet this and go, 
uh, no, wait a second. Like we love you, but no, that is not okay. This is yeah. this is why that's going on, and that doesn't happen in politics. It's like whoever's at the top, you just support them no matter what, and you just like die on the hill for them. It doesn't matter what they do, which is why you have a president who says, well, I can shoot somebody in the streets and everybody will still vote for me because that's the mentality. It's like, hey, yeah. whatever. And over here you have a growing and it just happens to be on the Democratic side. But I think it has more to do with the fact that you have women who are finding their voice and standing up and they're, and they're saying, you know, no, wait, uh-uh. Let me, yeah. I, I'm in this world now and this is not okay. And I, I think that can happen on the Republican side too. It doesn't matter, yeah. Democrat, Republican, yeah. but it, it just needs to happen. And, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that those feminine voices, the strong, powerful women are, uh, you know, you know are, are stepping in and non-binary, LGBTQ, different voices are entering into that ring. Yeah. And, and, and well, it really is a revolution and it's a model yeah. of where we went from, you can look at it from a government standpoint too, of like where we went from like our, our American revolution was getting away from a pyramid. You know, democracy yeah. is getting away from a pyramid where it was like King yeah. George, even though, you know, there was parliament and everything, but it's taxation without representation. Mm -hmm. And also just uh, the Kings, they do it every once a week. We had a revolution against that. Yes. You know, and yes. so that is part of, I think, I think, and you know, you and I have said this, like, I think choices within government is really important. So I really do hope that the Republicans can spend four years doing some, you know, having some candidates that really represent their real values, you know, not just yes, somebody right. at the top that can tell everyone what to do and that will make people feel safe. It's not right. safe. It's literally not safe, you know, and I, I really hope that our, you know, speaking as a non-registered for either party, that our Republican friends, like if that's just your dyed in the wool, that's who you are, okay. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I think that the only way forward, much like the American Revolution that then caused a lot of other people to re-examine governments, you know, I mean, the French Revolution did this too, so I'm not, I don't want to speak from American exceptionalism, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, can help us all to kind of like level up or what vibrate higher. Your sweatshirt says vibrate yeah. higher. Like just like <laughs> level up. Yeah. Be like, hey, in every space, we've got to give more people more. Like yeah. having a bully pulpit at the top, a person who tells everyone what to do is not, does not work. Doesn't work. Yep. Um, okay. And it's patriarchal. Okay, everybody. Man Unmade was created to amplify women's voices. And early on, we decided that beyond each interview, we also wanted to highlight women in business and music. So in each episode, we'll take time out to turn you on to a new business you've maybe never heard of and a singer-songwriter whose music we think you should try out. The music will come at the end of each podcast, so make sure you keep listening after we've wrapped the interview. If you're listening now and you happen to own or work for or have a friend with a business, or if you know of an artist or you are one, shoot us an email to contact at manunmadepodcast.com but the spotlight on women's businesses is right now. All right, this week, the business we are highlighting is owned by Tiffany Pinos. She's based out of Richmond, Virginia. It is called La Casa de Pinos, and it is amazing. Her stuff is so cool. Um, handmade ceramics, and they are incredible. Actually, I, I believe she says, creates handmade ceramics designed to elevate your everyday. I feel like just looking at um, her website alone is elevating my day. Lisa? Yes, I do. I, at Christmas time, this past Christmas, I wanted mm -hmm. the Magnus mug 
so bad and she released it and I wasn't fast enough to get it and it sold out. But the Magnus mug, if you go on our website, is my favorite. It's white with like this huge chunky handle. Um, oh, yes. And just to have a like cup of tea, how cozy it would be sitting on the couch with the Magnus mug. That is, I'm dying for it. I I found it. I'm on the website yeah, now. Yeah, isn't it and, amazing? Uh, yes, it, it is. You're right. The giant handle. And I have big hands. So like for me, that'd be great. Only problem is I don't drink coffee, uh, but I drink tea and, and every once in a while and hot chocolate in the fall and winter. Kelly's hot chocolate is the best. So I could, I could uh, use that mug. Um, yeah, this is a thing. She is making this stuff by hand and then she's selling it and you got to act fast. So go on her website now, um, order something that you like. Um, you know, if she's got a waiting list, sign up because I'm telling you, this stuff is insane. This um, unearthed vase. Oh yeah, my insane. gosh. And you can also go to her Instagram account. It's La Casa de Pinos, L-A-C-A-S-A-D-E-P-I-N-O-S. La Casa Perfect. de Pinos on Instagram. Yeah, great. Go follow her. What a great follow. What a great business. Oh man, it's, it's just beautiful. Tiffany, keep it up. We are fans. Life is not easy for any of us, but what of that? We must have perseverance and above all confidence in ourselves. We must believe that we are gifted for something and that this thing must be attained. Marie Curie. Um, quickly, I want to ask what it mean to you when we watched Kamala Harris uh, give her speech that Saturday with our son and daughters. Yeah. Um, what did that mean to you? It makes me emotional thinking about it even now. Um, mm -hmm. It was just so, so meaningful. Um, right on the heels of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death and our, you know, our family really did kind of a celebration of her life, you know? Um, yeah. All together and we really watched documentary, talked a lot, listened to stuff, Holland dressed up as RBG, you know, um, for Halloween. Yeah, for Halloween. It was really, we like owned it, you know? And mm -hmm. um, uh, I think just to see um, Kamala up there, to know that um, not only is she a woman, but she's a woman of color, mm -hmm. that it was a, it was a, it was a gift that she has all these identities. Like, instead of it yeah. being like, oh, we don't know what to do with all these identities, which definitely happened. It was like, no, the fact that you have all these identities makes you even better. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you can represent yeah. the Black community. You can represent um, the South Asian community. You can represent women. And obviously, she can represent everybody. But, like, mm -hmm. it was just, I just felt like so many people could celebrate. And I, I was so heartbroken that the election in general was closer than we were hoping and that was so right. difficult for so many of us um that week was just like it's horrible. it was just yeah. awful it was just so hard because it just felt like the least we could do to the people in mm -hmm. the streets you know all summer long was to deliver a stepping stone of a mm. decisive victory, which ultimately we did do, but it was not what we were hoping for. You know, 55% of white yeah. women voted for um, our current president. And mm. 
it was, that was just so difficult. And then to feel that release and that celebration and just to have Kamala represent that. And again, listening to Hillary Clinton talk about it and her, you know, just feeling like, oh, we got to win, you know, and I, and honestly, it makes me so happy. It makes me so sad for people that I feel like don't understand that but i mean that's okay right. it's just going to be live they're not celebrating right oh, now and, and the celebration yeah. or that are like what you're just going to celebrate any woman what you just uh you know i just feel like we can get so stuck in our whiteness honestly and our yeah. patriarchy and mm-hmm. just not realize there's just a better way so but anyway i'm happy i'm very very happy and it was awesome and i know it was really cool and our kids just were like so happy like i know and that was just it was really an incredible um, just moment for our family. I feel like, as you know, I like you were um, gone for work when I got the Biden sign in and I like made everyone march outside. <laughs> Put it down and I was like, we're putting this out because this is, you know, we want people to know it's our responsibility to let people know that they don't have to vote for this person again. And there are mm-hmm. options. And, um, yes. And then we got the sign from Lisa um, that celebrated mm. um, Black Lives and Love is Love and Science is Real and, you know, all those oh, Science is real? Yeah, it says, didn't it say that? It is? Science is real, Kelly? Are you sure? Science is real? Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Can you back check that? No, I know it says, no, I know it says that science is real. I'm just, I'm. I'm being sarcastic, saying science is real. Really, no, I, know. I can't I'm, even I'm believe we're. I can't even believe that. we're having that discussion in 2020. Yeah, that you know, or, yeah. you know. Um, I, I want, I want to point out that like a tweet that uh, I saw from Joe Biden the other day. Um, uh, Doctor Biden, uh, his his wife, which is my other um, favorite thing. I love to to like with our kids to talk about like, you know, yes, it's President and Doctor Biden. Like that's just awesome. That's right. So cool, like great. Uh, it's amazing. But She's gonna keep teaching. I mean, like how is it, the greatest. She talked about. Remember that when she talked mm-hmm. about the, you know, getting her doctorate, and like while Joe would be like doing the dishes, and she'd be sitting at the kitchen table, yes. studying. And I saw myself in that, and that was so meaningful and cool. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, I wanted to point out that she often tweets. 51 more days, 50 days, 49 more days, you know, like whatever, like counting down. And he tweeted yesterday, um, whew, a little emotional for me, 50 days until we get to uh, swear in the first female oh, vice president. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, like how awesome is that? You know, that like, it's like, that's what... That's not what the patriarchy does, guys. You know, like you won, you're the man. You don't ever have to talk about her. She's your vice president, whatever. No, and he's like 50 days until this is what we're celebrating. 50 days until a woman is vice president in the United States of America. And it's like, oh my gosh, yes. And that is just good for that to be out there, right? Like It's vital. Yes, it's just so important. Like, and I guess my point is like, even if you don't agree with it, like yeah. that is just so good. Yeah. Even if you, in other words, like if you didn't vote for them or whatever, like, oh my gosh, get excited. Yeah. Your daughters can look at that and go, oh my gosh, I can be this one yeah, day. Yeah, it's you know? true. It is, I know, Ugh. it's true. I just think that- And men can cheer for women. Like it's cool. That's a good thing. Yeah, I know it's a really good thing. And it's, I, I think, I just think that if you are a person- 
unless unless since the election you've you know thought maybe something maybe i shouldn't have done this which welcome to being human we do shit that <laughs> we regret so right, you know, right. like they're you know i think that's okay that might be what some people need is to have voted for him and then to realize man like my actions really mean something you know and i would say welcome right. because i've been we've all anybody who tells you they haven't been there you know is not telling the truth of actions hurting other people but i think that yep. when you think that based on the behavior of 45 for the past four years and you think that's an option i think for you then to leap to um celebrating a woman mm-hmm. it's pretty a pretty big leap and secondly i i did the only reason i bring this up is i saw people do it on instagram and the black community just like shut it down because they were like no i'm sorry you don't get to vote against our humanity and then celebrate mm-hmm. and so i mean i, I mm-hmm. think that's i think that's a good point i think that's a great point um okay here we go we're wrapping it up here, um, you've got kind of two questions, quick fire at you. Um, you know, in other words, we're not going to go on forever here, okay. but what is that thing you would tell me? Um, this is, this is how I'd want you to treat your daughters. This is how I would want you any, any young girls that you have any influence in, you know, that you come across, you know, I help coach the girls basketball team, you know, up at school or whatever. Um, so we have those interactions, not just with our own kids, but others. What is that thing that you would say to me, to men, to whoever, here's how I wish you would treat young girls. I, right. When you said that reminds me of, um, a podcast that I just listened to Michelle Obama's podcast where she talks Mm -hmm. with her mom and her brother about parenting and they, her dad has passed quite a while back. And she Mm -hmm. talked about how much it meant to her that her dad treated she and her brother, her older brother, Craig, the same. And like if Craig mm. was going to learn some, how to change oil, Michelle was going to learn how to change oil, you know, and mm. she really valued that. And um, so I loved that answer. I love that. Okay, that is awesome. All right, question number two. I have a son and he has sisters. He is going to interact with young girls, older girls, women, whatever yeah. throughout his life. What do I need to teach him? How do I, what, what do I need to convey to him as a young boy in regards to treating? Yeah, I think, I think it's much the same. I think he needs to be taught everything that the girls are taught, you know, like, um, and Mm -hmm. expected the same things. And I think, I think that honestly, very sadly and unfortunately, but men, young boys need to be reminded constantly that women are people too. And um, I know we talk about that a lot with Hudson and even like we'll watch yeah. the Cosby show and we, we've talked about how, oh, like in the eighties and we like the show, there's a lot of good things. We did talk a little bit about Bill Cosby and how that's problematic, but we constantly talk about, do you see how like in the eighties and nineties, like it was all about dating and, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit of male conquest. I mean, in the show, there was a For lot sure. of bit of male conquest back then, but you know, we talk about that and, and I'm um, not just like, like, cause I think the old way that w- was a trying was like, remember whoever you date is someone's sister or someone's um, yes. daughter. Well, that's still centering maleness. <laughs> you should treat someone well because of the male yeah. in their life. So <laughs> yeah. like, but it's like women are people too. If you wouldn't like that, why would you do that, you know, to someone else? And you know, and I think relationships too, just talking about like, it's great when you kind of, you know, like someone and, 
you know, um, but like, how would you want to be treated? And I think mm. starting when they're young and, and I also, I will touch on what I've heard Glennon, um, Doyle Melton say, um, I'm not sure if she, what else, one back. I don't know what she goes by. Yeah. <laughs> I think she goes by them all, but, um, Anyway, uh, talking about how even she, in her latest book, Untamed, she talked about how she really noticed. And it was really when she married Abby and Abby became a part of their life. She was like, you notice you kind of treat Chase differently, their older son. So even if Glidden is struggling mm-hmm. with it, then we all need to realize, like, it was kind of like, oh, if he had homework, he didn't have to do the dishes or if he didn't, you know, and she was mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot. And one time she was like, you know, so she was trying to correct it. Like, hey, do the dishes. And he was like... Uh, I, you know, I have all that homework and she was like, you know, I can't really control your homework at school, but I can control you, you know, helping at home and helping at home is really important. And I was like, no, I could see how you could just easily get into these patterns. We just all have to be aware all the time, much like white supremacy, you know, it's the soup we're swimming in. Um, thank you, Kelly Harp. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Namaste. Uh, yeah, I just, I just want to say that, um, I had this idea for this, this podcast, um, and I didn't know what I was going to call it. And, but I had this, you know, whole thought, you know, as I do, you know, like some vision or whatever. So I wrote everything down on this big pad of paper and like, you know, like a drawing pad. So it was like really big and it was just like all these like circles and lines and like, you know, whatever. And I think on there, I wrote something like me talking to women. Like that was like kind of it. But of course there was more behind that, you know, whatever. So I had this whole idea for this podcast where I want to be in the position that I think we should all shift to where women are in a place of authority and we, you know, be the change that you seek. So, you know, if we are going to say women's voices are important, well, then listen to their voices, right? And and so I was like, well, this is something I could do and I want to do, like I want to create this podcast where, well, where I just listen to women and it's women giving their perspective to a man and we're normalizing that. We're normalizing women giving their perspective and their experience and knowledge and et cetera, et cetera, into a man's ear. And that man is listening to that and taking it in and allowing that to cause change in his life. Changing that ultimate, you know, that dynamic that we've talked about so much. Well, that was like the heart behind it. <laughs> and so I had this piece of paper. I had this whole thing. And, uh, and our, I, of course, I, I can't wait to tell you about stuff, mm-hmm. Kelly. You know that. Like, it's, you're always like, I just can't wait. I can't wait to show you something, you know, that I've done or whatever. I just, I, I want, you know, to, to show you. And, and your approval means so much to me, you know, and your criticism means so much to me. Thanks. And so I was going to tell you that because I was like, okay, whatever she thinks, this is, you know, this is going to matter. Well, I call you and you don't pick up. You're busy doing something, maybe schoolwork or whatever. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm so excited about this. I still, I want to talk about it, you know? So I take a picture of the thing that I've drawn and I text it to Lisa. And and I'm like, well, I'll see what Lisa has to say about it. And Lisa writes back and she's like, she writes, what is this? <laughs> and, and so I think I call her and she goes, I think you said, Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're like, I don't think I like this. And I was like, okay. And you're like, it's just kind of off-putting. <laughs> it, yes, that is what I said. But yes. It was your, you had a scribble on a paper. Yes. That was like, 
Clint talking to women <laughs> or something. And I was just like, what? <laughs> but then you kind of explained it to me. I still had not no. accepted it. Yeah. And then you talked to Kelly. And then after talking to Kelly and then presenting it to me yes. again, after you spoke to her, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. But, yes. But you needed her help. I, I, I did. I so <laughs> did. I went home that night and I, I kind of was like, sort of bummed because I was like, surely like, you know, like, uh, you know, Lisa's going to like this idea or, or whatever, you know, I thought Lisa, Lisa will like this and, you know, but no, you were like very honest, you know, and because it was like, what the heck is this? You know, like, this is crap, this scribble. So then I'm like, well, yeah. And it was just you. It, it seemed. Yes. Very me centric. About, and yes. yes. So, um, I'm like, well, I got to go home and tell Kelly, you know, let me, let me, let me take another hack at this and, you know, see what happens. And so I sit down on the couch with you, Kelly, and I say, this is what I was thinking. And this is really my heart behind it. And I go through the whole thing and you just said, I love it, do it. And that, that's how powerful your words are in my life. Mm -hmm. That's all I needed. It was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Like, great. And like Lisa said, you helped me understand it even better. Um, uh, and help me like, you know, shape my own thoughts and whatnot. And when I went back to Lisa and talked to her, um, and let me clarify, Lisa has been for years now, she's been our assistant. Um, don't know what we would do without her. And when I talked to her about it the second time, all of a sudden it was like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was like, okay, here we, you know, all right, I'm, I'm getting behind this, you know, idea. And um, which is why Lisa is now the producer <laughs> of Man Unmade. Um, she's for so many reasons. She's awesome, and uh, she hates being complimented. Um, but thank you, Lisa. Um, you are also the other reason why this would not be happening um, if if it were not for uh, for Lisa and the work you've done to help get this together. So thank you so much. Yes. Um, yeah, for Yay. sure. Um, so. Thank you both. Um, I would not be doing this uh, um, if it weren't for y'all um, helping make this happen. Uh, and I mean that. Uh, also, we would not be doing this if it weren't for Jack. Good old Jack Woo! Parker. Thank you, Jack, um, so much. He's hanging over there, um, listening to the whole thing, making sure we're Creeping we on it. the side. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not creeping. But. <laughs> uh, Jack, uh, who uh, makes the music for Man Unmade and edits it and all that. Um, I sat down with him and I said, hey, I have this crazy idea. I want to do it. And like everything else in my life, I have no resources to make it happen. But if, we, if it becomes something, then then we'll all you know benefit from that, whatever, down the road. Will you go on this journey with me? And he was like, 100%. So thank you, Jack. I really appreciate that. And no words. That's Jack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We love you, Jack. Um, okay. Um, that is uh, That is it. Kelly, I love you so much, and I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on this show and letting us um, try it all out on you, being the guinea pig I'm here. I'm so honored to be the guinea pig. It's been really fun, y'all. I'm really excited about this as a participant, a partner, and a listener. Well, I could not do my life without you, so um, thank you very much. And that's the end. Well, that's a wrap on two episodes with the one and only Kelly Harp. That was 
so fun and even like therapeutic. Yeah, I definitely felt like you guys were having a therapy session. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she is uh, getting her master's in psychology. So exactly. I mean, Good it's practice. not fair. Yeah, like honestly, I, she should bill me for her time because she is the best to talk to. I learned so much uh, every time, especially when I stopped act, I stop acting like I know what I'm talking about and just listen to her, um, which is definitely a tendency that's, of mine. That's the point of this podcast. There you go. That's it. And she's just the best. I love you, Kelly. Ah, that was fun. It's time for some music. Second artist on Man Unmade, Kat Clyde. Um, she's out of Ontario, Canada, which is fun because my Uncle David, who has helped us um, find a lot of music for these first uh, few podcasts, he is a recording artist uh, out of um, Toronto and he has helped us um, locate some women in music. And I uh, just love Cat Clyde. This song, Mama Said, from her 2017 album, Ivory Castanets. Uh, it is so good. Oh, I love it. Mama said. Oh, it just kind of gets stuck in my oh in my head. I love it. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Cat Clyde. Her album can be found on all the streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, etc. And her new acoustic album is uh, out now. Good Bones. It came out in 2020. So go take a listen. Man Unmade is produced, organized, researched, and generally held together by Lisa Collins. Audio production and original music by Jackson Palomino. I'm your host, Clint Harp. Thanks for joining us on Man Unmade. Let's listen to some music. <laughs> 